step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. jokingly 
you and I, we were texting back and forth uh, after game six. Um, and I just said, you know, Steph or Clay is going to have to have a big game for Golden State to win. And I said, um, LeBron is obviously probably going to show up, but he's going to need at least Kyrie or Love to show up. And I said, wouldn't it be funny um, if Kevin Love scored 40 points and was like not the MVP of the series, but the MVP of game seven. And you know what? Kevin Love came out and had his best game of the series and maybe best game of the playoffs. He had nine points and 14 rebounds. Now the one thing here um, that I thought was really, really interesting was uh, Kevin Love was plus 19 through the game. Um, And that was the best of any player on either, on either team. And the Cavs were minus 15 with Love off of the court. Now, that's a four-point difference if you look at it. What did the Cavaliers win by? Four. So, <laughs> it's crazy to think about that those numbers match up so perfectly like that. But uh, right from the get-go, Love was on the offensive glass, getting boards, getting the team second-chance opportunities, getting himself. He had a couple – uh, rebounds that he put right back up. I know at the beginning of the game, uh, Draymond came down with the rebound and he stripped it from him and laid it back in. So uh, he was an integral part of, of this team and that's uh, of this team in game seven. Uh, pretty much throughout the playoffs, he was not an integral part. Often found himself on the bench in fourth quarters. Um, so that it's going to be interesting to see does, does Kevin Love stay a Cavalier this offseason? Uh, he's under contract, so it would need to be a trade, obviously, not a, a free agent type move here. Um, and then another interesting aspect is, is what does Golden State do to augment this team? Um, do they feel comfortable going into the season uh, with the same team that, that won 73 games? Uh, I think if if I was a GM, and I know we're going to play GM with baseball, but if I was a GM of this team, I, I think I would keep the same team and and not dwell on the the, the choke, if you will, of the series. Um, they won 73 games, and they made it to the finals and had a, a 3-1 lead with this team. So, um, And you got to think, you know, the loss of Bogut was pretty big, and uh, Draymond got suspended for game five, and who knows what would have happened if he played. Um, I know he said, well, if I played in game five, the series would have been over. Well, then he played in game six and game seven, and the Cavs still won. Uh, but he arguably was the best player on the court last night. Um, he and LeBron James. Oh, in the first so, half, in the first half, he couldn't miss. Yeah, that, I was like, this is this is real bad because uh, Draymond's hitting all the shots and stuff, and Clay are not. So if the second half rolls around and Dre is still hitting, and either Clay or Steph starts making some shots, the Cavaliers are going to be in some trouble. Um, I thought the Cavaliers didn't play well in the first half. Uh, you and I were texting, and, you know, you said, yeah, one for for 17, uh, three-point shots, pretty brutal. And, you know, they didn't shoot much better in the second half, but they, they played better defensively, and they made some shots on the stretch. Uh, J.R.? Well, as you said, uh, Zach, as you said, Zach, Kyrie made that big three ball um, that was pretty much the difference in the game. And – you know, eventually they were going to hit one. They waited until the best time possible yeah. to hit one of those threes. So good for them. And as, as, as much as obviously you want to talk about how great this was for LeBron and Cleveland, and we'll get to that too, I do want to take a moment because you brought something up, Golden State, Sheldon Gilles, blah, 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 blah. But in my opinion, I mean, this is the biggest collapse in NBA Finals history. No team has ever blown a 3-1 series lead in the NBA Finals ever. <laughs> That, so that, on its own right, makes it a huge collapse. But then when you consider the fact that this team won 73 games during the regular season, hadn't lost three in a row in over 12 months, but then decided to do it at the biggest time of the year, that is an epic collapse of epic proportions. Yeah, without question, uh, like you said, it's a good point. They haven't lost three all season, and they hadn't lost two home games uh in succession all season, um, you know, 73 that, win that, team. Realistically, realistically <laughs> we can probably go back almost 15 months to the last time right. the Warriors lost three in a row, if not more than that. Yeah. I mean, 
Like, yeah, it's probably well over a calendar year. Right. Certainly. And, uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I agree with you. It, it is the biggest collapse in NBA finals history because, as you, as you noted, no team has came back from a three-to-one three, three to one deficit. So, you know, while I think it's in part um, a big collapse, I also think uh, it's almost more so a, a great comeback. I mean, the, the Cavs made the adjustments uh, and really locked down Curry and Clay and just let anyone else try to beat them. Um and and it really showed that no one could. I mean, Harrison Barnes couldn't hit the side of a barn if you wanted to with the basketball. It was that he awful. Um, he stunk. He stunk it up, man. And you know what? So and he, Steph Curry. Steph Curry yeah. did not play like MVP. I'm sorry. Not like, at and all. And that's something I wanted to talk about today. That's something I wanted to talk about today. And you'll probably disagree with me, which is going to be good, I think. Um, because a lot of times we do agree, unfortunately. I mean, because we're, we're either both idiots or we're both very smart. I don't know which one it is. But typically we agree. But hear me out on this one, okay? Steph Curry, basketball player, don't get me wrong. Best pure scorer and shooter in the NBA right now, right? Safe to say? Yeah. Yep. I still don't think that makes him the most valuable player, though. You saw how weak he was defensively in this series and when they started to exploit that that is when his offensive game went down and the Warriors didn't know how to respond to it. They're a great defensive team all year the Warriors on top of their offense but they were exploited and Steph Curry was exploited even more than people um, would have expected and I mean, I'm not saying he didn't deserve the MVP award this year. I'm just saying that just because you're the best scorer doesn't make you the most valuable player. Um, you see what, what LeBron did. He dominated the entire series. He led both teams in pretty much every important category except for turnovers, yeah. which is a good thing. And right. like, that is MVP. That is a guy, the plays he made defensively were bigger plays in this game, were bigger plays than Curry made offensively all series long. No, I I agree with you. So I, we're in agreement again. Um, the only thing I could say, um, I don't think. Uh, like, it, do you it, not think it, that Russell it, Westbrook and Kevin Durant are more of an MVP in this league than Steph Curry? I'm not, I don't want to yes. take anything away from Steph Curry's skill and the amazing things he can do. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I love Steph Curry. I think he's a great player. Yeah, he's a bit of a like a sock and a baby at times, but really, which what superstar is it? LeBron's a bit of a sock right. and a baby too. So I'm not saying anything yeah. with Curry, but he just his skill set is is one dimensional in my opinion, or two dimensional. Whereas you see guys like Westbrook and Durant and um, LeBron, and I mean. I'm sure there's a ton more players you can name off too that just play more of a complete <clears throat> game. And that's why James yeah, and, Harden. That's why James Harden, in my opinion, is also not an MVP. Right, and I I'm in total agreement with you there. But the only thing I could say in defense to that is, um, it's just how the the league has has been over over the past years. The, the game has changed uh, to a, a three point contest, pretty much. Um, and that's not to say that. You know, players like LeBron James or uh, Russell Westbrook that do multiple things, not just score the basketball, are not worthy of MVPs. But it's the MVP word is more so um, awarded to the best team with the you know record-setting uh, overall record, um, and the player that that led them to that was Steph Curry, and um, it's not. MVP of the whole season plus playoffs. It's strictly MVP of the season, and and surely Golden State was the best team um, over the whole season, and Steph Curry was lights out the whole season. Um, but that's why LeBron James got the MVP of the playoffs, and when it mattered, and when it was about who's taking the trophy, who's getting the ring. Um, and that's when you saw LeBron James get the MVP of the playoffs when it mattered. Yes, 
LeBron may have been more valuable to his team. You take LeBron James away from the Cavs, they're not making the playoffs. You take Steph Curry away from the Warriors, they're still making the playoffs and arguably still the top four seed. I love what you just said, Zach. I was watching this game last night at Buffalo Wild Wings with a good friend of mine, and I said that exact thing to him. And it kind of perplexed him because he, he's one of those guys that he'll always have something to come back at you with, and he, he didn't know how to respond to that because he saw it and he actually thought about it, and it, made, and it clicked with him. And I, could, I just couldn't agree more with what you just said there. Golden State could survive well, without Curry. They wouldn't be what they are, but they could survive. Cleveland is not right. without LeBron. But that's that's what the MVP award has been over the the last couple of years is it's really been given to a team that has had supreme success um, in the regular season. Um, it really a player that not has even taken that. not even I guess in the NBA Zach in the NBA that's true. But I was when we were talking about this I started to think and I actually had an issue with how they give out the MVP award for a long time now in professional sports. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the MLB, for instance, and nothing against Bryce Harper, and I'm not saying anything bad against A-Rod when he was back with Texas Rangers all those years ago, and I'm sure there's a number of players we can think of in between those two players, because that's a 15-year span we're talking about, pretty much. But Alex Rodriguez, he was the best player that season. He had the best numbers that season, and Bryce Harper undoubtedly was the best offensive player last year in the National League. But Texas was a fourth-place team that season, and Washington failed to make the playoffs last year. So how does that make Bryce Harper the MVP of the National League if his team's not even making the playoffs? Right, yeah. I mean, I, I'm in agreeance with, with you there, but I'm, I'm also um, – I could, I could defend that as, you know, I feel like – um, it should be, you know, the, the award sh- should be awarded to the best player regardless um, of the team. I mean, I don't care if, if you know, so LeBron was that. Zach, I'm yep. sorry, but you're, you're, you're sparking all of these interests in me. And, I mean, let, let, let's think about it like this. There's a Cy Young Award. What is the Cy Young Award? The best pitcher in, in their respective league. Okay. So why isn't there an award for the best hitter then? Because if a pitcher can win MVP, right, and yeah. a hitter can win MVP, but a hitter can't win the Cy Young Award. Right, right. That's that's very you true. You where I'm going uh, with that? Um, Is that yeah, no doubt. No. Like, I agree Harper was the best hitter, and he should be rewarded for that, and there should be an award for that, but it doesn't make him the most valuable player. So who are you, who are you saying last year should have won, then? Jake Arrieta. See, but then, I mean, I know you've, you've heard this argument. And, and um, I just – It's, I just, it's I a just guy that takes – Out of a hat. So, like, that's like, uh, the first name that came into my mind. I don't have a, a better replacement. I'm just saying look at the playoff teams. You want to assess the pitcher. Right. Sure. Yeah, certainly. The only thing I have with the pitcher is, you know, it's a guy that, that takes the field every five days versus a guy that's going to play every day. Um, uh, while I agree, Jake Arrieta had arguably, like, the best pitching season that I could remember since, you know, following baseball. Uh, it's a guy that takes him out every five days. Um, so he can help his team a fifth of the season, uh, whereas another guy can help, you know, not 162 games because very rarely does a player play, you know, 162, but let's say 140, 150 games. Uh, but going back to the NBA part of it, you know, it's it's just how, you know, the, the journalists and the writers, whoever gets the votes for the MVP – it's just how it's been over the last few years is giving it to the, the guy that has helped the, the most winning his team or top of the um, upper echelon of teams in the league and, and best player on that team. And, and Steph Curry was that this year for, and 
you know, with the whole record-breaking record, I think there was no question where the MVP was going. It was going to the, the record-setting team. Um, you know, that that record's probably never going to be broken. Um, so that's why I think it was unanimous to, to Stephen Curry. And while I could argue and argue and argue that um, there are players that are more valuable to the team that, you know, if you put Steph Curry on a uh, Orlando Magic team, or if you put a LeBron James on an Orlando Magic team, LeBron would have a way bigger impact, and that that's unquestioned. But when we're talking about the regular season MVP, that's just how it's been voted the past few years, and um, I think anyone would have uh, taken Steph as their MVP for this year due to that fact. Yeah, I mean, that is the way that the writers do it. And, you know, that's the way the votes go down. I guess I just am trying to be, um, I know, as you mentioned, we're going to try and be general managers in the MLB coming up shortly with our uh, where are these guys going to go segment at the MLB trade deadline. But right now I guess I'm trying to be commissioner of um, professional sports leagues too and say that there should be different um, there should be different awards for different. Um, but what would you even call players, that? I guess. Like, I mean, you the only way to make a. Is that when they have it, the NFL does it well. They have offensive player of the year, they have defensive player of the year, and they have an MVP. Well, they, they, I mean, yeah, they do have, uh, you know, defensive player of the year in basketball. And I mean, just because of one season uh, shouldn't, predicate a a new award because what would you even like break off of the MVP um, I, I guess maybe they could do an offensive player of the year and I guess that would have fit Steph Curry uh, well and then you know maybe and they, what, right and then maybe a Kawhi Leonard yeah, or, a, or a LeBron James could could be an MVP you know or Russell Westbrook LeBron, Kawhi um even a Draymond Green, I think, is is more fitting um, for an MVP than Steph was because he led the team in assists, um, all defensive categories. He scored, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but it, it, I'm going to say he had at least over double-digit points a game. Um, and then, you know, he for a good part of the season, he averaged around a triple-double. Um, and that's what he did in Game Seven. I think he was one assist shy, but uh, he arguably—not arguably—he was the best player on the floor for Golden State last night. Um, and for a good, a yeah, good part of the season, he was the best overall player. player. Yeah. yeah. Right. One, one last thing. Overall player on Golden State Warriors. I want to mention about Golden State, um, and as I was saying, you know, playing GM and. What changes do you make? Um, I'll tell you what we we touched on Harrison Barnes a little bit. This guy, this guy played his way out of uh, a max deal, and you know you you think in max deal in your head, no way for for Harrison Barnes. But when you look at the NBA these days, um, you look at a Tristan Thompson. You know he just got eighty eighty two million max deal um, with the new TV contract that's coming. Um, mediocre players are going to get max deal contracts. Um, so for a player that was looking um, like he could have gotten a max deal, you know, the uh, Damari Carroll, you know, went to Toronto and got a lot of money. Um, and, you know, with his injury uh, against the Cavaliers when he was in Atlanta Hawks, some thought that he injured himself out of a uh, near max deal, near max contract where he actually came back in the in the playoffs and you know got himself the money. Harrison Barnes shot his way out of a max deal. He shot his way out of a max deal. There's no other way to put it. He was absolutely awful. The Cavaliers were leaving him wide open um, since game one, and he was passing the ball. He just had no confidence, um, and he made one shot last night, and I thought, uh-oh. Same thing with Dre. I'm like, here we go. A uh, role player is going to start 
shooting well and he hasn't played well all series. Well, he he was god awful after his first bucket. So for a guy that was looking to to get moved in free agency and get a lot of money, boy did he uh disappoint um for himself and his his bank, his wallet. Well, Doc, before we move on, what do you think will now be of Barnes in free agency? What type of deal do you expect for him to get? And do you expect him to stay with the Warriors, or do you think he's going to go elsewhere and get more money? I think he'll he'll probably go elsewhere um, only because, um, you know, I think he'll be able to get more money in free agency than than Golden State is willing to give. Uh, I feel like Golden State feels like they may be either A, better off without him, or B, you know, could supplant him with, uh, you know, a bench-type a bench player in that. I think Andre Iguodala will keep coming off the bench for them. But, you know, a player like that, they, they feel like, well, we have A in place, or, you know, Andre Iguodala or Leandro Barbosa that is going to be better for our team at a much cheaper cost. And I think, you know, Harrison Barnes, maybe, you know, 20, 20 mil is the max around right now, 20 to 25. I think um, he'll go to some team. Uh, and probably not, he probably won't garner a four- to five-year deal because of how bad he played, honestly. He might have played himself into a two-year uh, $20 million contract, which $10 million, that's that's way, way short of what he could have had had he um, – just played, you know, marginally like he did in the the regular season, where he was he was a pretty good player for them. He um, obviously overshadowed by the other big three, um, but when Harrison Barnes w- was on, that team really could hurt you offensively because you you couldn't double team a, a Clay or a Curry because they had a guy like Harrison Barnes that could hit corner threes and mid-range jumpers uh, nonchalantly, um, and he couldn't do that in the finals, not even close. So you said, he couldn't hit a barn door. At least he'll still get some money. I mean, I don't really feel too bad for him, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. It's not like he's uh, – it's not It's not like he played himself out of a contract. Um, yeah. So I, I think he'll be just, out of just a... fine. Yeah, I think he'll be just yeah. fine. Uh, before we head over to the MLB, let's uh, give a shout-out, of course, to uh, Major League Fantasy Sports. You should check out the Major League Fantasy Sports Baseball Show every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also catch my other show, the Major League Fantasy Baseball Weekly Show, which is live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. And my co-host there is Kyle Moray, great baseball mind. You should go check out his articles as well. You can reach us today at 516-387-1306 if you want to join the conversation or tell us why we are wrong and why you are right. We always like to hear from those types of people. So please uh, tell us why we're wrong. Now, Zach, MLB trade deadline, what? Six weeks away? Five and a half, six weeks away? Yes, sir. So, in the National League, it's really not that exciting. I mean, there's there's, th- there's three or four, I'd say three obvious teams that are going to be really good this year. And then there's about five on the bubble, and the rest stick. You still there, Lou? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm oh, still here. I, you cut out. You said uh, after the National League, there's there's – couple teams, and then you cut out, so what do you say? Oh, yeah, wow, okay. Oh, okay, sorry, man. Yeah, well, what I was saying is, no. yeah, there's three obviously good teams. you got the Nats, you got the Cubs, and you got the Giants. And after that, there's a couple teams, you know, four or five teams that are decent, and then the rest stink. The rest have no chance. Right. Realistically, if you want to realistically think about this. So there's going to be a lot of players in the National League uh, that are going to be moved there's four guys in particular in the NL that I think are very likely to be moved. And that's Ryan Braun and Jonathan Lucroy of the Milwaukee Brewers. John Jay of the San Diego Padres. Now, this one's a little more interesting because Carlos Gonzalez, he's been talked about being moved for a while. And currently the Rockies 
are pretending to be competitive. Yeah. They won't last. Right. But they are pretenders right now, so he's a little on on the uh, defense there. And then in the AL, the only team, in my opinion, that's really out of it that has pieces to trade at least because the Twins are out of it too, but they don't have anything they're going to trade. And that's Oakland and that's Sonny Gray, who has not been good this year. But let's break these players down. And first let's start in Milwaukee with Braun and Lucroy. And Milwaukee needs to trade both of these guys right now because they're both playing well and there's significant need for both of them, multiple teams around Major League Baseball. If you were if you were a team that's even remotely in the playoff hunt right now and you wanted a guy like Braun or Lucroy, would you be willing to give up top prospects to possibly get into a one-game playoff wild card game? And that's that's the million dollar question, um, and I, I mean, I think you have to um, as a GM to to show uh, your fans that you're willing to do whatever it takes to make it to the postseason and and possibly the World Series. Obviously, is is the final goal for every team, um, and I, I think that yeah, if if you're if you're vying for postseason. Um, even like you said, in one game <clears throat> playoff, I think yeah, you you got to make a move and and try to acquire one of these guys um, and just prove that you know hey we're we're in it for this season to to win it you know um, but that's it's kind of hard to to gauge um, and really answer that definitively yes or no because it really depends obviously on on what kind of prospects you have to give up um, and, you know, if that's going to hurt you in the long haul. It depends uh, what that's team very, we're talking That's very true. And that's, what team they're going to move to yeah. and, you know, how deep their farm system yeah, is. That, that's because, where I want to go to next is there's, in my opinion, there's about three or four teams for each of these um, players that would make sense to me. And for Braun, I'm thinking – and I've heard this actually a number of times, is the San Francisco Giants. They're in need of yeah. that corner outfielder because Hunter Pence went down. But then there's other That's what I wrote down. Big offense. You're cutting out again. Lou, you there? Lou, when you come back to Seattle, Lou, um, but the – he said the San Francisco Giants, and I totally agree uh, with that. Um, you know, they definitely need help in the corner after after Pence goes down with an injury and going to miss about two months. Um, and Brown's enjoying a comeback season uh, at his age of uh, 32, sitting 313. Um, but like Lucroy, Brown is going to take um, a big haul. Uh, Milwaukee's going to be asking for – quite a lot uh you know it might take a, a top arm in in the uh san francisco giant farm system maybe like a tyler Beatty um to acquire Braun, but that's the one team that i've, I've heard rumors about um acquiring Braun, and i think that's an absolute perfect fit and um you know she um the giants you know it's a it's a even even year um for them, and that's when they win the World Series. And uh, with their with their newly acquired Johnny Cueto and um, uh, James Samar- Jeff Samarja, uh, that that one two three, you know, obviously besides Bumgartner is is going to be a, a real real tough out for any team. Blue, are you back yet? Um, and then, yes, there you are. You hear me? Yes, I do now. Oh man, I've I, I've been screaming and talking and everything, and you you couldn't hear me at all. That's crazy. No, I I was ranting about Braun there uh, by myself. No, uh, yeah, were you I, able I to hear me? Thing, man. I heard the whole thing. Okay. I, I was coming. So what it, I was coming in and saying the Giants have some money too. The Giants are would be a team that can absolutely afford Braun. Right. Because there's money to be paid to him for at least three years after this. Yeah. 
So certainly, and then I certainly about, there. I want to talk about Cleveland. I think they'd be a good fit for Lucroy because Young Gomes has been nothing but a disaster this year. Right. Um, and the team I wrote down here for Lucroy, um, maybe the Texas Rangers, uh, despite, you know, Bobby Wilson and Brian Holiday having success, uh, they can definitely use an upgrade at the catcher position. And this is a team that, you know, is going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Luke Rice hitting 307 through 59 games. Um, but as well as Braun, um, it's going to take a, a pretty big haul. Uh, so maybe a guy like Louis Brinson or Luis Ortiz could be um, packaged up to, to acquire Jonathan Lucroy for the Rangers. I agree with that. That's actually a very good one. I didn't even think about them. My my other AL team was uh, was the Tigers. Yeah. So, uh, but I think Texas is actually a much better fit there. That that's I was it's way off of my radar because you don't think of them. I guess you don't really think of the Tigers as needing the offensive boost either. But if you look at the Texas lineup, the only glaring weakness would appear to be at the catcher position. So right. if they did want – I think Texas needs a pitcher, though, more so, because who knows what's going to be with you, Darvish, right? Yeah, true. Certainly, certainly. Let's uh, let's talk about John Jay, for instance. He's not really as big of a name, but definitely a solid outfielder. He'd definitely be a starting outfielder, but would be a fantastic fourth outfielder for teams that need to add depth. Um, there are teams like KC, for instance, who really could use an outfielder. Even with Gordon back, they could need another outfielder. They haven't been able to replace um, Alex Rios properly this year, either with Orlando or Dyson or anything else. So Jay would be interesting there. I also think he'd be interesting for the Tigers, who lost J.D. Martinez. Right. I, I agree there with the Tigers. Um, the, one, the one dark horse... Uh, that I, I wrote down here, and uh, tell me if I'm wrong, is the, the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, this is a team that's been a surprise in, in 2016. They may not be, um, well, probably won't be playoff contenders, but they've been looking to add um, an outfielder for quite some time. Uh, yeah, they've used Cedric Hunter, David, David Lowe, Cody Ash, Peter Borios uh, um, in left field this year. And it could benefit for the Phillies offensively um, and defensively. And, uh, it'll, you know, a left-handed bat at the top of the order um, with the guy like Odebell, where uh, uh, they've been batting, you know, Andres Blanco second sometimes. So um, I think it could be a sneaky, sneak, sneaky little move there. Zach, the Phillies have fallen off an absolute cliff, man. They have absolutely right. no chance here. They were very surprising, though. Um, the pitching, their pitching has some promise at some point. I don't think it makes sense for them at all to try and add a – John Jay's not going to make them make a, a difference for them in the next two or three years. It wouldn't make any sense for them, in my opinion. Right. It's interesting gotcha. because they need they need it, but they're just – why nah, why players. Is the way the future right. is, right? Um, I think an interesting one, and this is who I thought you were going to say, was a return to St. Louis. True, yeah. Definitely, um, you know, with Richard seemingly falling out of favor, uh, they they just got Tommy Sam back. Um, you know, obviously Holiday and Piscotti are are cornerstones there. Not that um, Holiday is a young cornerstone by any means anymore, um, but he's definitely a guy that's um, been playing well for them. And I, yeah, I think John Jay is, is actually a, a good fit there. The only thing. Um, you know, with Detroit, <clears throat> for me, I think maybe depth-wise, obviously adding Jay. Um, but I, I want to see what Stephen Moya can do um, with an extended, uh, you know, plate, plate appearances um, and see what he can do. I know he's not a huge prospect by any means, but it's it's a left-handed bat <clears throat> like Jay um, that I think the Tigers definitely need. They, they need some... So I guess Jay, you know, would help, but it's just um, they're both outfielders, so it kinda, it's kind of counterintuitive. Um, it wouldn't add another lefty because I think, um, you know, if Jay was there, it would be obviously Moya out of the picture. So it wouldn't be like it's adding, you know, a lefty to make it two lefties in their lineup. 
still would only be one. Um, but I think Detroit definitely needs another quality lefty uh, hitter because currently they only have one lefty, and that's Moya, who, uh, you know, is not uh, going to s- stick, per se, if he doesn't um, show he he can play at the major league level in, in J.D. Martinez's absence. Yeah, and, I mean, it doesn't really, to me, like, yeah, the top prospects, obviously, when they get called up, there's all the hype, but when a guy gets called up to the majors, you never know what's going to happen. Like, this, right. it could be an average minor league ball player, but just click when he gets to the major leagues. Right. What about and even for, if And even if it's not for a long time, he could have two months right. where he's just tearing it up. Yeah. Um, another NL team is, for me is the Reds. Uh, do you think they can have some players on the move? I mean, not do you think. I think they are going to be sellers. So, you know, guys like Dre, yeah, Dre Bruce. Yeah, Dre Bruce. Jay Bruce for sure. Mm. Um, Kyle and I were talking about the possibility of Joey Votto, but there's just so much money left owed to him for yeah, a ton, ton of, of years. Um, yeah. I just don't think anyone's going to be willing to take it on. Yeah. But there would be good fits for Joey Votto as well. The Yankees would yeah. be a good fit. The Blue Jays could be an interesting fit because Edwin and Batista are both going to be free agents. Um, and there's definitely – possible fits. I mean, I think a team like Texas, who would should try and move that, like, Moreland and Fielder and whatnot, and just go a different yeah. direction at first base, would also be interesting, yeah. because Texas could also offer, um, Texas could offer Andrews, or Profar, yeah. or Gallo, too, or Brinson. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of players that Texas could offer straight up for a really right. good player. Um, um, it's just made the league ready. So for a guy like Bruce, I just I just wrote one team down. I wrote just one team down for each of these players. Um, that I know you're more privy to to um, you know a bunch of teams that I could use. Whereas you know I'm just I'm gonna throw one team out there for each guy. But for for Jay Bruce, I wrote down um, the team that you mentioned, uh, Kansas City Royals. <clears throat> you know they they got a nice offensive boost from from Whit Merrifield. Um, but adding adding Jay Bruce could help the Royals um, climb back up to first in in the Central Division, where obviously we've seen the White Sox scuffle um, and the James Shields uh, uh, not experiment because they can't do anything with them now. But uh, 21.81 ERA that's obviously not working out, so they've fallen out of favor in the Central. Uh, Tigers are, you know back up to second, but uh, they kind of have a muddled pitching staff. Um, so I think, you know, adding a guy like Jay Bruce to Kansas City could help this team climb back up um, in, the, in the central division. Absolutely, and it's going to be very interesting because anything that KC does, Cleveland will respond. Right. Anything Cleveland does, KC will want to respond, but KC doesn't have what Cleveland has to trade. Cleveland has a, is a deeper in their in their system, and they're also closer and to being a, a really good team. Whereas the Royals already are a good team. Right. They're not going to get any better though. They're only going to start to get worse as players start to have to leave for free agency and whatnot. Whereas the Indians are just starting to come into their own now. And while, while I'm now. sorry about that, Lou. Well, I'm on, on the Royals topic. Um, just another, uh, you know, obviously a position of need for them is second base with Omar Infante. Um, <clears throat> two guys that I think they could they could go for. One, you know, off, off uh, the Reds that I was talking about with Jay Bruce, Brandon Phillips could be moved. Um, then another uh, guy is maybe Jose Reyes and bringing him in to play second base. Um the, you know, they have Whit Merrifield playing third base, but uh, they they definitely could improve on Omar Infante, who's probably one of the worst hitting second basemen, starting well, second baseman in the league. You know that uh, he actually got designated for assignment. He's actually gone. No, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. So. Yeah, Infante's totally gone. It's totally – right now they're running with Whit Merrifield, who's been the best player in baseball this June – 
like actually, yeah. I'm not. He's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> and I actually started a Reddit thread um, about with Maryfield yesterday. I have like 60 plus comments on it. You should go check it out. Nice. I, yeah. I mean, um, you've been great for DFS too. The guy's dirt cheap on every site, um, hitting at the top of the order in a, in a real good Kansas City lineup. I mean, I've been plugging this guy in for a month now, and they just refuse to uh, jack his price up. Um, so I've, I've been loving Merrifield, definitely. Yeah, he's. I'm, I'm trying to sell him right now in my AL only league. I just don't need him. I, I sold already this year. I already got. Bogarts and Profar in my middle infield for my ALL. Yeah. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't think you need put this kid. <laughs> Bogart, I don't really have anyone awesome. to put this kid now. Yeah, he's so good. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Sonny Gray quickly before we move on to some series previews for the upcoming week. Sonny Gray, I really like this guy, and I always defended him, but he's just has been, been like – Honestly, I don't even have a good word for how bad he's been this year. Besides, yeah, that he just horrible. Like he's just like any value he may have had is yep. is, is gone. Did you are you the only, there's there's a couple teams though. There are still a couple teams, and two in particular that could use a legitimate arm in their rotation though. And in my opinion, that is the Houston Astros. And your Miami Marlins. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Um, I, I think could you agree could fit very good in Miami. Teams. Yeah, definitely. I, very I good. agree 100. percent But um, it's, it's like, what, what do, what does Miami have really to to give back? I think, I think Oakland is obviously, even though he has depreciated his value significantly. Um, I think Oakland's still going to ask for a huge asking price um, to get him and just kind of say, hey, you've seen him pitch over the last couple of years. You know how good he is. You're going to pay. Um, so uh, I think Houston may have uh, more pieces that uh, they'd be able to, to give up to a player gray. Um, and the team I wrote down for, for Sonny is is the Red Sox. Um who could pursue a left-handed pitcher in the summer, um, even after, you know, they added Price. But um, uh, they they have pieces that they could give up to, to acquire Gray. And it, maybe it would take two of, of their four mega prospects, but I think that's a team that could um, look to add Gray as well. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying doing this, this – uh, um, GM thing. So that's I got a couple uh couple other guys I'd like to talk to you about and get your opinion. Because um, we could always preview teams and, and speculate. Yeah, I, like I mean I'm, yeah, more. I'm not too worried. The the only game I just want people to take a note of is Dodgers and Nationals tonight, Strasburg and Kershaw. Because that's yeah. just so, battle of two ten game winners. I mean, the winner of this game could honestly be picked to start the All Star game uh, in San Diego. Right. That's really all I want to get out there. So yeah, um, man, you uh, you so, ask away, man. I I love this. So sticking sticking with my Dodgers, uh, as I've I've said in the past, and Dodger and, and Maryland fan. Um, one guy I think that the Dodgers should look to to get, and I think um, could definitely be moved before the deadline is is Julio Tehran. Um, the Dodgers have a left-hand heavy rotation right now. Uh, they're six games out of first. Um, and adding a guy like Tavon has been unbelievable this year. Um, could definitely help the Dodgers buy, buy a case for first place. Um, and Atlanta is, is asking for major league-ready players or, or prospects. So I think they can move a guy like Jack Peterson or uh, their prospect De Leon. Um and, and pull a guy like Daly on anywhere, but I love I I like that actually. And the thing about the Dodgers and Tehran is that they 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 can pay him, so it's not just an investment for for this year. Right. They don't need Jock Peterson. 
Doug yeah. Peterson is going to become a premier power hitter in this league at some point, but they just don't need him right now. They're, the Dodgers yeah. have a window right now, and they need to add to it. They need to get back Zach Greinke type of, like, not yep. that Aaron's ever going to be like what Greinke was last year, but they need, a, like, a made as good, but he's not, and, but he's not consistent, and he's, he's not going to be that guy. Aaron that guy. Be yeah, he that's, can be elect. Um, and that's, you know, that's what I was getting at is, you know, a Greinke type replacement. I think you hit it uh, on the head there. I'm glad you said that. They need a guy like that. Especially when you look across the division and you see Bumgarner, Cueto, and Samarza, um, who, you know, Bumgarner and, and Cueto are dominant, and then dominant, and then Samarza, who I think is, is kind of like Tehran, who, who can be dominant at times and can be exposed at, at times. Um, but, yeah, that's that's a team I think Tehran could go to. Um, another guy, and I know you love talking about him, and, you know, uh, I love talking about it because it's a, it's a sore thumb for me, but another guy on the athletics, um, Rich Hill, um, who arguably has been, not arguably, who's been the athletics' best pitcher this year, um, and they're obviously going to be sellers um, with guys like Gray. I think Josh Reddick could be moved. Um, and another guy I'll, I'll ask you about and where you think speculate speculatory, but Rich Hill. Um, on the DL right now, but um, a team I, I, like, <clears throat> I like Oakland. I like Oakland as a team to pick off pieces a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'll get to Rich Hill in a moment. When you brought up Rich Hill, I immediately thought of Danny Valencia. He's yep, going to, if the Mets don't get Danny Valencia, Mets. the Mets don't get Danny Valencia, they are insane because he's yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's the best option for them without having to give yeah. up too much. Like, they no could question. stop that they could try and give up Zach Wheeler, and, Wheeler. and get a super big name, or they can give up something less and try and bring in a guy like Valencia, which is what they should do. Yep, that's I was going to say after, you know, Rich Hill, I want to get your take on a guy. That was the guy, Valencia, well, with Rich and Hill, I mean, who I pegged. He's been good. Rich Hill has been good, and it's very surprising. He's really old, yep. though. And my biggest knock on Rich Hill was he hasn't been a starter in the major leagues over 12 years. So in my yeah. mind, how is this guy going to get to 150 plus innings? The answer is he's and not. I don't, I don't think he is, you know, he's, he's on the DL now. And that was the knock, that was a knock on him is, you know, can he, but I think, you know, obviously uh, um, when you look at last year, uh, David Price, Cole Hamels, uh, the, the big names that were moved uh, pitcher wise, we don't have those names this year. Um, obviously, I think Sonny Gray and Tehran are the, the leaders of, of pitchers. Um, you know, a guy like Rich Hill could be moved, and the, the team that I pegged uh, was, you know, the the Red Sox to get his third stint on the team. You know, if they don't go after a guy like Sonny Gray, who would probably cost a lot more, um, you can get a guy like Rich Hill probably for more affordable price maybe one of their mega prospects and uh, get a guy like Rich Hill who pitched well for them at the end of last year. And, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez is their other lefty um, in the rotation behind Price, and he hasn't been good uh, this year. He he wasn't good in his rehab assignments, and he frankly hasn't been good uh, at all at the major league level. He's relying too much on his fastball and just getting – Mashed right now, so I think Rich Hill is a guy they could look to acquire if they don't uh, land a guy like Sonny Gray. Um, who was I going to say? Um, might have been Josh Reddick. Well, with Rich Hill, uh, with Rich Hill and the Red Sox, I mean, it, it would be funny. I mean, maybe three, three times a charm. Uh, what I like about Rich Hill is that he could fill in for in a rotation if he's healthy. But I like that he has had more success as a major leaguer, really, in the bullpen and more experience as a major leaguer in the bullpen. Um, he's a guy that could really help a playoff team. Any playoff team yeah. could use Rich Hill because he could fill in if a guy goes down in your rotation. But at the very least, he gives you a long man and the lefty in the playoffs with experience. Right. So anyone, oh, can use, got... anyone can use him. It's just a matter of what are you willing to give up to get him. Yeah. 
the the last guy I was going to say, um, and you know, you mentioned the Twins is not having um, anybody really to trade off. A guy I think they could move is Fernando Abad, uh, the left-handed uh, uh, bullpen guy, if you will. Um, and I think the one team that could use a guy like the left-hander out of the pen is is the Orioles. Um, and they haven't had a productive left-handed reliever outside of Britain this year. Um, Foster, Tolliver, and, and Matus are the only guys on the roster at the moment. And Brian Dinsing and TJ McFarland have posted really, really bad numbers this season. And Abad um, has got a .790 ERA in 27 games with Minnesota. Um, could really bolster the back end of this Baltimore bullpen um, and make it a force to be reckoned with in, in the American League. Yeah, the Orioles could definitely use a lefty, and a ball has been good. That's a good point. And yeah, I mean, if, if you really, if you were, if we wanted to go buy down by every team, I could probably find you three or four guys. Yeah, no. Okay. I mean, with right, the Twins, right. you could argue that uh, Eduardo Nunez could be traded. He's had a really yeah. good year, and he's he's very Definitely. versatile. Um, you could argue Kevin Jepsen could be moved. He's had a pretty good year at still when he was filling in for Perkins for a while. And there's tons of teams that need the bullpen help. The question is. What are you willing? Those guys, with those guys, is where are they going to go? Because everyone's going to be going after the bigger names first. Right. At some point, they could get moved. But for a bot, I mean, maybe the Twins think that they're closer to being competitive and they might want to keep him around, right? Right. They're they're in one of those. Like, for Jepsen, I'd I'd move him. I'd move him for anything. There's there's No. no point. Nunez, he's he's been good there, but they have enough of those types of players already. Um, quickly, because I know we don't we don't have a lot of time, um, and we'll get to the Clay and Strasburg. Lastly, um, to the trade part, your Yankees <clears throat> are they going to be buyers or sellers, bro? Are they going to move Chapman and Miller, or are they going to be buying? So this this is this is what I'm going to say, and I've looked at the schedule. <clears throat> so. Right after the All-Star break, the Yankees, I believe, have a home stand with the Red Sox and then the Orioles. After that series, you'll know if they're going to buy or they're going to sell. Okay. Gotcha. Because at this point, they'd be stupid to to sell. They've, they played so poorly in April and the first half of May, and to be at 500 or a game under 500 is nothing. Right. Uh, especially with the schedule they have leading up to the All-Star break. Um, with Chapman, and uh, there's no way they trade Batantis. We were talking about this, Kyle and I, as well, on Thursday with these two guys. Unless you get blown away by an offer for Andrew Miller, I don't think he gets moved either because he's re- relatively not expensive at all at like $9 million for the next two years, and he's a top-notch Believe or Chapman doesn't have a contract at right. the end of the year, so he'd be more of a buy type of guy. And Kyle obviously hated this trade because he's a Cubs fan. But I've heard a lot of rumors of the Cubs thinking that Andrew Miller is their final piece. If they added Andrew Miller to the back end of their bullpen, there, there would be no reason why they shouldn't win the World Series. Yeah. So with that no being question. said, with that being said. Would you trade Kyle Schwarber for Andrew Miller? If I was a GM, I would not. Um, I think Schwarber, um, you know, is obviously younger. Andrew Miller is what thirty? Is he thirty on the dot or thirty-two? I believe he's um, thirty. Schwarber, Schwarber is obviously younger, and he's going to be. Um, one of the best hitting, um, well, for fantasy purposes, catcher eligible. Um, it depends if the, I don't know what they're going to plan. I mean, they have Wilson Contreras coming up, so um, that could make a, a debate to, to trade Schwarber. Obviously, he's not really an outfielder or an outfielder <clears throat> with a quality glove, at least. Um, but if I was, not you know, all the outfielders they have. If I was Theo, I, I would not, I wouldn't do it just because of the age difference and 
what Schweber can become. We know what Miller is. Obviously, he's great at what he does. <clears throat> but, no, I, I wouldn't do it. <clears throat> well, I think I obviously you said would like that very much, but I, I would agree yeah. with you. I think they're better off trading other people. I mean, those rumors are just kind of thrown out there to get the attention of people, I think. Right. So, um, no. <clears throat> With with Strasburg and Kershaw, we have a, we have a couple more minutes. Um, these two have been the best two pitchers in the National League this year, I think. And I don't want, don't want to take anything away from Arietta because he is also, I mean, he's eleven and one, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But when I say best, I mean just like watching these. Like I like watching Arietta pitch. He reminds me more of a Doc Halliday type of guy, though. Whereas Kurt, and he was a great to watch too. But there's just something really exciting about Strasburg and Kershaw. Yeah, and like you said, nothing against Arietta, um, <clears throat> but he he's shown a little kink in his armor as of late, giving up a couple runs here and there. Um, and not to say. Well, Kershaw has hardly given up any runs this year. But not to say that Strasburg um, doesn't give up uh, his his share of runs, but um, he's really taken that, that I think, final step forward um, of asserting his dominance and, and really showing why he was, you know, top pitching prospect and, and what have you. And, and Kershaw, I mean, the dude just gets better and better every season. When you think it's impossible to get any better numbers, the dude's just been unreal. I mean, he didn't have a walk for the crazy amount of innings, um, and then he got really pushed on the, his last um, or second last outing where he finally gave up a walk. Uh, is really got pushed on it, and he freaked on the ump, um, and rightfully so. The guy's just been uh, absolutely stunning. Um, so it's going to be an awesome pitching matchup. Um, I don't know if it's on national TV. I'm sure you'll probably get it because you're in L.A., but it's, I'm hoping uh, that it's it's on, you know, a national televised type game because it's uh, one that I will be tuning into for sure. Um, and both guys I will definitely have a share of in, in the daily realm because, frankly, uh, I think Strasburg has the better matchup <clears throat> against uh, – a really, really uh, mediocre Dodgers lineup that's been hitting a little bit better as of late, but uh, really not a great hitting lineup. And then Kershaw going up against the Nationals, who um, have success against lefties this year, but uh, Clayton Kershaw is of a different breed. The only guy that's hit well up Kershaw um, in their careers is Jason Worth. Every other guy not And not so much. Yeah. That's about it, though. Right. <laughs> Kershaw, yeah, man, yeah. Kershaw is just, I think, in his own league, realistically. Yeah. There's just certain people. Like, I still think Miguel Cabrera is just in his own league. Right. He's just one of those guys. Like, they need they need another league, a higher level for Cabrera, <laughs> right. for Kershaw, you know? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, one more thing I wanted to say, because I was, um, I was listening to Lenny Melnick's show this morning, and I was um, – kind of participating in a little chat for a while. And I've gotten a little, I wouldn't call it an argument, but let's just, for argument's sake, pun intended, let's call it an argument. And we were talking about elite teams. I mentioned Washington. He said Washington wasn't. And I said, you can argue that they're not, but come playoff time, the best one-two punch in baseball, and no one is going to be able to tell me differently in my opinion, is still Scherzer Strasburg. As good as Cueto's been, as good as Bumgarner is in the playoffs, Scherzer Strasburg is the scariest one-two punch in a playoff series, in a best-of-five series, maybe since Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson in 2001. Right. And then, and then uh, you know, you got Bryce Harper, who, you know, is an MVP-type guy, but then you have Murphy right behind him, who's been the best hitter all around this season. So um, you put those two pitchers there, and then you talk about those two guys uh, holding they down need, the lineup. They, they need a closer. They need a closer because Papelbon's not that good, and he's injured. Yeah. 
beyond that, beyond that, they're they're really scary come playoff time, and there's no reason why we should think they're not going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. And if they do only get into a wild card game, at least they have Scherzer or Strasburg. Right. And that'll that'll be a tough debate of who they should start. You know. Who would you yeah, start exactly. if you're a Nationals GM? Say so you got a one game playoff. Who's your guy? Scherzer. Scherzer because of the experience. Yeah, I would I would have to be in agreement with you. Yeah, remember that's their own fault for not letting Strasburg pitch in the playoffs years ago. Yep. Because then we wouldn't be saying that if he would have pitched, right? Yeah. But anyways, man, Definitely. we do have to wrap. We do have to wrap. Wrap it um, up, B. But good show. And uh, anything else you want to add in? Uh, I just had to say last night was the best. Uh, Sporting memory I've had in my whole life up to this point. Uh, I have to admit I did tear up a little bit um, when LeBron was, had his immediate post-game speech with Doris Burke when he was um, balling out, balling his eyes out. I, I teared up. So uh, when your Yankees win championships, do you, do you get emotional? Or since you've uh, experienced so many of them, it's well, not you know quite what? so I much anymore. Zach, I did. Because I was I was ten years old when they won their last one until two thousand nine, right? So it was a totally different right. feeling in two thousand nine being a, a, an adult man. Oh, I teared right. up, and apparently, according to my roommates, because I was in university, I screamed like a girl. Yeah, I I freaked out last night a little bit and teared up, and yes, yeah, the the best sporting experience of my life. Um, you know, he's won championships in Miami. Uh, I'm more of a LeBron fan than a Cavs fan. Um, but just the combination of bringing home a trophy to a city that really needs it, just like Buffalo, um, really got me emotional. So, yeah, it's my best sporting experience. Please let the Buffalo Bills be next to supplant that as the best sporting experience. But other than that, uh, freaking one. Your mouth is gone man. It's been a uh, it's been an absolute ride um, with the NBA playoffs. We've had a great time discussing them. Um, so it's going to be a long time till till basketball season comes back. But it was just uh, absolutely wonderful shooting the stuff with basketball with your brother. Uh, I look forward to talking to you on Saturday. You got a man, and that was Zach Sauer, and I am Lou Landers. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back next week, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Take care. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.